0: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ben. Hello everyone. Uh, for those of you at Henry Fry. Oh, hello. People are waving at me. That's great. If you're at home, do you want to wave at me as well? Hello. That's good. Ben is still waving at me even though he's not at home. That's very good. Well done, Ben. That's very compliant. Uh, my name's Simon, um, as Ben said, and it's my pleasure to be able to continue the new series that we started a couple of weeks ago called Jesus, God's Glory Revealed. We're basically going to spend a few weeks unashamedly reveling ...in how brilliant Jesus is. There you go. That's what the series is all about. Um, Paul started it two weeks ago, talking about the idea of uh, the glory of God and kind of what is that? It's something that we can kind of think, well, that makes God feel a little bit distant. It sounds a bit strange, a bit scary somehow. But he then went on to speak about how now God's glory is no longer this kind of funny concept but a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what this series is all about. Today, we're looking at a subject called the Incarnation, the Incarnation, which in a nutshell is the eternal Son of God, that's Jesus becoming a man. Now, uh, we often tend to think about this subject at a particular time of year. So, Faith will put up on the screen um, some pictures of that. So, uh, these sorts of images will be very familiar to us at Christmas time stories of Mary and Joseph, angels and shepherds, donkeys and stables. We all get dressed up, put a tea towel on our head, and that sort of thing. And then we think incarnation, and then we kind of move on with the rest of our year. Well, today what I'm going to do is look at a different story in the Gospels to help us explore this subject and what it means. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, it's going to appear in front of you, and uh, this is what it says. It says, Jesus took Peter, James, and John uh, the brother of James. So they are three of Jesus' disciples, three of his closest friends. He took them up on a high mountain by themselves. And while they watched, Jesus's appearance was changed. His face became bright like the sun, and his clothes became white like as light. Then Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with Jesus. Now, if you don't know your Bible, Moses and Elijah, two people who'd lived hundreds, thousands of years ago, and suddenly here they are appearing on top of this mountain with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll put up three tents for you here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While Peter was talking, a bright cloud covered them a voice came from the cloud and said, "'This is my son, whom I love. "'I am very pleased with him. "'Listen to him.' "'When his followers heard the voice, "'they were so frightened they fell to the ground. "'But Jesus came to them and touched them "'and said, stand up, don't be afraid. "'And when they looked up, they saw Jesus was now alone.'" Just for a minute, I want you to imagine that you are James or John or Peter. Put yourself in their shoes. You would have grown up listening to stories of heroes from the past, people like Moses and Elijah. And you'd have heard about their incredible mountaintop experiences with God, uh, voices from heaven and all sorts of things. And now something really similar is happening to them. Even their heroes are there. And yet in this scene, Moses and Elijah are totally and completely overshadowed. The focus is on one person and one person alone. Their friend, who they'd walked up the mountain with a few minutes earlier on, having a chat, the carpenter from Nazareth, who suddenly now is transformed before them. His face and his clothes are shining like the sun. A a cloud comes over him. This voice booms these big words of love over him. No wonder they are so terrified and fall on their faces. Oh, my word, what is going on? I want to focus very simply for the next 10 minutes on what happens next. Um, What does Jesus do in response to what his disciples do in falling down, it because what you see is in the moment of Jesus' most obvious visible glory, we see what the glory of the Incarnation really looks like, because this is what it says. The first thing Jesus does is it says, he came to them. So Jesus came to them in all of his shining brilliance with the words of the Father still echoing around the sky above, he comes to his terrified friends. In a nutshell, this is the startling message of Christianity. He came to us. It's very simple. He came to us. Jesus, the Bible teaches us, is the eternal Son of God. He is totally God, the One with the Father, one with the Holy Spirit from eternity to eternity. The one through whom the whole world was made, who sustains the universe by the word of his power. The one who deserves the praise of every atom in the entire cosmos. And what did he do? John writes about this experience later. Uh, When he writes about the life of Jesus, he says, He became flesh and dwelt among us and whoa we've seen his glory probably remembering this sort of occasion that he had experienced the son of god steps down from heaven and becomes a human being not a kind of mirage not like a man kind of putting on some temporary fancy dress and then Ta-da! actually i'm not really a man after all i'm just pretending but no flesh and blood like me and you with all of the same frailty all of the same weaknesses, subject to all of the same temptations. Why? Because of, Jesus, because of God's extraordinary love and care for us, that we might know him, that the chasm of sin, which separates us, could be overcome, that we might have relationship with him forever. Religion is about man trying to reach up to God, somehow to attain a standard, to sort of satisfy what they imagine uh, that the demands might be to become acceptable. Christianity is totally different. It's of the God who stoops down, of the God who takes the initiative, the God who comes to us. That's why it's such good news. It's amazing. He came to us. John goes on when he's writing about this um, in in, in John chapter 1. He says he was in the world. So Jesus was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him it reminds me of a, 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 a lovely um, sort of thing that they did on the BBC once where the singer Adele got dressed up she kind of put on a disguise she puts on this fake nose and fake chin covers up her tattoos adapts her voice calls herself Jenny and uh, then appears in a Adele lookalike and singer like and si- uh, sounder like competition so we kind of, the camera's following her backstage, kind of interacting with some of the other contestants, sort of chatting. They have no idea who she is. They don't recognise her. And one by one, they start to sing. Uh, and they do, they do a good job, one by one, but she's last. And she comes up on the stage and she opens her voice and she begins to sing. And then the camera pans round and looks at the other people who've been participating. And suddenly, the penny starts to drop. I think it's Adele. No, it can't be. It's I tell you. You can't sing like that. This sort of thing. And it's this wonderful moment. And then suddenly there's the great revelation and she's there and everyone's so excited and happy and tears and uh, all of that sort of thing. It's, it's really good fun. You can find it on YouTube. She was just in disguise, but all the time she was Adele. In a similar way, we need to look beneath the disguise. Jesus is no mere man. He's not a good religious teacher. He's not a good guy. He is fully God. He's the eternal son of God who has landed on planet Earth, but just like you and me. He understands and empathizes with our weaknesses, but lived a perfect human life, showing us actually what we could do as well, showing us what humanity should ultimately be like. He came to them. The next thing he did is he touched them. He came to them and then he touched them in the old testament god frequently initiated social distancing okay god's actually the initiator of this between himself and man in the, moses goes to the burning bush and god says take off your shoes don't come any closer i'm holy stay away moses leads the people to mount sinai and god warns moses look the people shouldn't even touch or approach the mountain if they do they'll die because i'm so holy so glorious i want to keep them safe by keeping them away Now something entirely new is happening. Jesus is on the move. God is reaching out. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus is constantly touching people that others wouldn't. The sinful, the sick, those who society would consider to be unclean in their character or their body the ungodly the fearful the broken the outcast basically anyone that you think god would not mix with them jesus does exactly that the holy one mixing with the unholy and reaching out to them i love it that's what jesus is like and you know what he continues to do exactly the same thing today he is not changed he calls us, in fact, to join him on that very mission. He reaches out to us and to others when we are at our dirtiest, our least deserving, when we think, oh, even my friends wouldn't have want to have anything to do with me. Jesus says, well, I will. I'll come, I'll touch you. I wonder what you're feeling like today. Are you feeling a bit undeserving, a bit dirty, a bit broken? Maybe the events of this last year have just felt you feeling distant from God and thinking, oh, God wouldn't want to come anywhere near me. Do you know what Jesus would do? He would come and go reach out his hand right now this morning. God doesn't want to pass you by. He wants to come and touch you afresh because he loves you so dearly, whether that be in your sickness, like that lovely story that Alicia shared, in your pain and brokenness, in your uncertainty, in your loneliness. Right now, he wants to come, and we'll pray about that at the end. And the last thing that Jesus does is he came, and then he touched them, and then he says this. He says, stand up and don't be afraid. Stand up and don't be afraid. The disciples' response that you see here is entirely appropriate and biblical. They see Jesus. Whoa! They hear the voice from heaven. Whoa! They just hit the deck like dead men. Others who've gone before them in the history of the Bible have done the same. Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, face down on the ground, whoa! See, when we see and respond to who Jesus really is, that is a good response. It's entirely the right thing to do, because all of our pride, all of our ideas, our achievements, our opinions are utterly irrelevant before him when you see him as he is. They're futile. We have to lay them down in the dust on the ground before his feet. And in that moment when we do, we hear a voice that says to us, stand up. In that moment, he pours out undeserved favour, his magnificent grace. Paul writes this in uh, Romans chapter 5. He says, we have peace with God through... Our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we've gained access so now we have access he's come to us by faith into this grace in which we stand Okay, we stand in grace we can stand before God we can stand in his presence we don't have to kind of cower and grovel at his feet because as you come and lay it all down he picks you up you can stand We're no longer feeble or unworthy, but counted righteous because of the glory of the grace of God in the coming of Jesus Christ. We're totally qualified, totally accepted forever, invited into this eternal dance with the Father and the Son. I wonder if today, maybe here in Henry Fry or watching at home, do you need to rediscover that today? The glory of the grace of God. You could just come. He says, stand up. Stand, stand with me. I love you so much. And then he goes on. Uh, He says, Stand up. And then very simply, he says, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, in, a, in, in a wonderful book that I love, a book, a book called Voice from the Hills by a Christian author called Philip Greenslade, which you'll be able to see on the screen. Um, this is what he writes about this uh, occasion uh, when when uh, Jesus, and what does Jesus do in response to what the father says when the father says, this is my son, listen to him. What's Jesus gonna say? What does Jesus say? Philip Greenslade writes, remarkably little, nothing about himself, nothing about his identity and messiahship, characteristically as with the words from the cross he's concerned for others get up don't be afraid he says which of all things we need to hear from Jesus is the thing we need to hear most often let me say that again get up don't be afraid which of all the things we need to hear from Jesus is the thing we need to hear most often I was thinking about that thinking actually do you know that's true for me I wonder if it's true for you. Today, he comes and speaks the same thing. Stand up. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid that you don't belong. Don't be afraid of the future. We've just been singing earlier. I won't be afraid. Fear what tomorrow brings. Don't be afraid of evil. Don't be afraid of sickness. Don't be afraid of death. Jesus has overcome it. There's nothing to fear. Why? Because Jesus has come. He reaches out his hands to touch us. We can stand before him and we no longer need to fear. Everything has changed. With the coming of Jesus as a man, everything is different now. Because God's glory, once hidden, has now been revealed. But the story doesn't stop there. We sang earlier on, there is a day all creation is waiting for. A day of freedom when we will see him as he is. We will join with Peter and James and John in going, you're you're a man, you're God, you're a man, you're God, you're both. Wow, amazing. And we will be like him, transformed in the blink of an eye. That's our Destiny. This story is almost a prophetic picture of what's going to happen to every single one of us. But even right now, we can know Jesus as He is, and He comes to us. We're just going to pray. We're just going to do a bit of response. We've got a couple of minutes. Chris is going to join me on the stage. Maybe if you're in this room, um, do you want to stand together? If you're at home, you want to sit on your sofa? You might kind of be thinking, "Okay, what am I going to do now? A couple of minutes to coffee and chat. Why don't you stand with me?" and let's pray let's just invite the Holy Spirit right now just to come and minister to us why not you lift your hands he came he touched them he said stand up stand up in the grace of God Don't be afraid. Wonder which of those things you need to most hear today. Do you need him to come and reach out to touch you this morning? Why don't you just tell him, Lord, would you come touch me afresh this morning? Holy Spirit, just pray for people. We thank you that distance doesn't, it's not your concern anymore. People could be sitting in front of their TV. They could be listening to this on a podcast, walking along the side of a road. And you can come meet with them right where they are, right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come touch us afresh. We thank you, Jesus, so much that you came. You didn't make us stretch up. You stoops down. Lord, afresh, come stoop down to us this morning. <laughs> thank you that our destiny is to see you as you are. In fact, to be gloriously changed to become like you. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Just receive from him wherever you are. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We pray for anyone who is sick, as Alicia said earlier on. Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, sickness go in Jesus' name. Pray, fear would go in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that sense of condemnation and heaviness would go in Jesus' name. He comes to you. He comes to you. He says, stand up. Pray for anyone who feels like they're not standing this morning. We pray, Lord, help us stand afresh again. Totally qualified in your presence. Able to stand before even kings to declare who you are. Holy Spirit, come near to us right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've reached the end of our time. This morning I'm gonna hand back to Ben. Thank you so much for being with us. Ben, back over to you.